I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, Marvel has finally unleashed the big one, Avengers Infinity War. I've got a review. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Some of our favorite TV shows are back this week, including The Handmaid's Tale, Colony, and finally, Elementary. First, it's the news from the couch. my hair where's the rest of me oh my god we're in different people's bodies Bethany, don't look at it no i'm an overweight middle-aged man wait a second where's my phone don't cry don't cry don't cry don't cry Jumanji, welcome to the jungle, one of the biggest hits of the year, and shockingly so. We could have guessed a fun PG adventure movie starring The Rock would do well, but it made over $400 million in North America and nearly a billion around the world. In fact, so emboldened by its success, Sony is going to put out the sequel against another series that's, shall we say, a force to be reckoned with? Star Wars! Usually everyone tries to give Luke Skywalker and friends as much room as they possibly can, but Jumanji proved to be a force itself this year, coming out five days later and stealing some of The Last Jedi's thunder. But Star Wars always wins in the end. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And I can't imagine the Fox people are shaking too hard about this. This is not going to go the way you think. Because when all was said and done, The Last Jedi still made up almost $400 million more globally than Jumanji. We'll see what happens the weekend of December 20th, 2019. And we move from Star Wars news to news about Star Trek. Space. The final frontier. At a CinemaCon panel this week, some mucky mucks from Paramount mentioned that there are two new Star Trek movies in the works. One is undoubtedly the sequel to 2016's Star Trek Beyond. We got no ship. No crew. How are we gonna get out of this one? We will find hope in the impossible. And the speculation about the other one is that it is the one Quentin Tarantino has been saying he wants to make, which would be quite the departure for the series. I got a threshold, Jules. I got a threshold for the abuse that I will take. Now, I'm right now I'm a f***ing race car, right? And you got me in a red. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying that it's f***ing dangerous to have a race car in a f***ing red. That's all. I could blow. Oh, oh, you ready to blow? Yeah, I'm ready to blow. Well, I'm a mushroom cloud-laying motherfucker, mother. How weird would it be for there to be a Tarantino Star Trek? The guy who wrote The Revenant has reportedly been hired to write it, so it would be one of the few things Tarantino directs that he didn't write. Not only that, but there must be overlords somewhere at Paramount or the Gene Roddenberry estate that have final say on what goes on in a Star Trek movie. To be fair, though, Tarantino has played ball with the man on important franchises before, directing TV episodes of CSI and ER. His IMDb even lists him as a director for one episode of Jimmy Kimmel. So we'll keep an eye out for more details of the two new Star Treks, including one that will possibly feature Samuel L. Jackson dropping F-bombs and bodies. Move a little strange, you're going to get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet. 
Jack Ryan. Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan has been greenlit for a second season by Amazon months before the first season begins. The titular character is being played by John Krasinski. So what do you do? State Department. I run uh, supply chain logistics for the Western Hemisphere. That sounds boring. The series is described as a reinvention with a modern sensibility of the famous Tom Clancy hero who has been portrayed in five movies, The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, The Sum of All Fears, and Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, played respectively by Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, and Chris Pine. Amazon says after its Super Bowl ads with Jack Ryan this year, they saw more than 400% increase in Prime members placing Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on their watch list. The individual behind these transactions could be a high-level target. Don't you think people would have loved this opportunity 20 years ago, the first time they heard the name Bin Laden? The second season will see Jack Ryan take on the declining democracy problems in South America, while the first season sends him to the Middle East. I can't go to Yemen. I'm an analyst. I don't interrogate people. I write reports. Get on the Season 1 of Jack Ryan will be released on August 31st on Amazon Prime Video. All the accounts link back to this phone. We know who you are. Now speaking of John Krasinski, here's some news about his most recent film. On April 6th, stop talking. Stop moving. Don't make a sound. Because if they hear you, they hunt you. We have to protect them. A Quiet Place is getting a sequel. The scary movie is a huge hit, with over $215 million worldwide since its release at the beginning of the month. Impressive for a movie that cost $17 million to make. Krasinski directed it, and he starred in it, alongside his real-life wife, Emily Blunt. A Quiet Place is genuinely scary. Remarkable achievement, the most original and scariest movie in years. The film is set in a world where horrible alien monsters hunt by sound. So Krasinski, Blunt, and their kids have learned to live very quietly. That's why there's almost no dialogue. It is agonizingly tense and so good. I'm not so sure, though, that I want to see a sequel. But the screenwriters Brian Woods and Scott Beck say they have lots of material to work with for a follow-up. No release date has been set. A quiet place. Is all of this really necessary to apprehend two men? One's a former federal officer who spent five years in deep cover. The other one's a professional criminal. Escaped prison twice. We find them, we take them as a team, and we bring them back. And above all else, we don't ever, ever let them get in the cars. That was our introduction to Hobbs, played by The Rock, in Fast Five, the unofficial relaunching of the bafflingly popular and most excellent Fast and Furious franchise. They've made eight of these movies so far and raced their cars all over the planet, but now they're going someplace they've never gone before, the world of animation. Justin, you didn't think it could get any better, huh? Here we go. Hell yeah! Get, 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 
For real, a Fast and the Furious cartoon series is coming to Netflix. The bummer of it is it won't be actually centered around our heroes, led by Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto. Instead, it'll be about his teenage cousin, Tony Toretto. That is in keeping, though, with the series' theme of family. Like it or not, you and your friends are a part of it now. I don't have friends. I got family. Look at our family now. I already lost my family once. There's always room for family. Now I know you guys are family. You don't turn your back on family. Your code is about family. This is your family. Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family. Salute me, familia. Deadline describes the series this way. Tony Toretto follows in the footsteps of his cousin Dom when he and his friends are recruited by a government agency to infiltrate an elite racing league serving as a front for a nefarious crime organization bent on world domination. No word yet on when to expect it to plop on Netflix. Yo, Roman, you need some fresh air? <laughs> I hate you, Dad! Look, a war is coming. We're gonna face him on the streets we know best. Daddy's gotta go to work. Did you bring the cavalry? Woman, I am the cavalry. Let's do this. for is an evil person. I don't work for him. My firm works for him. Are you gonna behave yourself tomorrow? I told you I'm gonna do my job. I'm a reporter. I follow people that do not want to be followed. What about the allegations that you recruit the most vulnerable for tests that end up killing people? Your time to go. You finished, Mr. Brock. Is that a threat? While the Avengers are blowing up the universe right now, there is a different comic character who made some big waves this week, courtesy of the new trailer for Venom. You had to learn how to hide in plain sight. I'm pretty good at it. But you, you suck. Whoever you are. I work at the Life Foundation, and I need your help. We found something. We call them symbiotes. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. Venom is one of the most popular villains in comic book history, and his origins are with Spider-Man. Without getting too dorky here with a history lesson, in the comics, Spider-Man is introduced to this alien symbiote back in the 80s. It's basically this black living goop and it forms into a fancy black spider suit, i.e. his suit was alive. Eventually though, the symbiote got too aggressive, so Spider-Man had to break free from it, and then it found a new host, disgruntled reporter Eddie Brock, and together they became Venom, which was basically a scary looking version of Spider-Man with big sharp teeth and a long, gross tongue. We did see him already on film in Spider-Man 3. Now we have this new movie starring Tom Hardy, as Eddie Brock. I'm feeling really sick. I'm hearing a voice. Eddie. You're not real, you were just in my head. I'm gonna need Mr. Drake's property back. I don't know. Why would we do that? So Brock was investigating this bad company experiencing with, or experimenting with symbiotes, and one of the symbiotes bonded with him, and then in that scene, the symbiote beat everyone up. Now Brock has to figure out how to coexist with this thing. If you're gonna stay, you will only hurt bad people. The way I see it, we can do 
whatever we want. Do we have a deal? Not sure about the voice. Strikes me as kind of cheesy. What do you think, Jeff? I agree with that. I also sort of have a problem with Tom Hardy playing a reporter, but that's just me. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk about that more in a second here. Now, the trailer makes no mention of Spider-Man, but back in January, Tom Hardy said Spider-Man actor Tom Holland is in the movie as Peter Parker as Sony seeks to build its own little Spider-Verse. Also, the teaser trailer for Venom a couple of months ago did not show Venom. This trailer does, and I admit, he looks pretty cool. The movie opens October 5th. You should be extremely afraid. What the hell are you? We are Venom. That is the news from the couch, so why not Tom Hardy as a reporter? I don't know. Uh, part of me just wants to say he's too much of a pretty boy. I mean, there are very you know, pretty male and female reporters, of course, but there's this something about him. I was just like, nah, that's just Tom Hardy pretending to be a reporter. That's not a reporter. Yeah. And he's you know got, I mean? and he's got, he always has these weird affectations on his voice in all, almost all of his roles. And here he's, I mean, Eddie Brock, to be fair, in the comic books, Eddie Brock was a really awkward character. Yeah. Uh, but it almost seems like he's trying a little too hard, but at the same time, Hardy also has the physicality. Eddie Brock was a big guy and Brock, or and yeah. Tom Hardy's a big guy too. So, We'll I see. don't know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, it, uh, the voice, the Venom voice. So you're right. That's weird. That's a, also a, a Tom Hardy thing when he plays a villain that the voice isn't so hot. But <laughs> and it ha it has like a, there's a slight kind of almost like liquidy sound to it. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Kang and Kodos. Is that oh, their names yeah, from yeah. The Simpsons? Yep, the aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, every time I hear Venom speak, I'm just going to think of Kang and Kodos. Yeah, they can't possibly want that to be the reaction. They, they could still change it, though, because they did do that with Bane, didn't they? Yeah. The trailer came out and everyone's like, what? And then they altered it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a digital re-record. Yeah. I'm sure it'll take them five seconds if they want to change it. But, uh, yeah, that opens October 5th. I think it actually looks pretty neat. It does. Up next, we're going to tell you about a family fun film that is coming to home video. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun. We are The Couch Potatoes having a look at what is coming to home video, starting with this. Blue jacket, no pants, you must be Peter Rabbit. Yeah, that's right. Wait, didn't you try to eat me? Show me your teeth. Do like a goat, like... <sighs> it was you! I knew it! How are you? So good to see you. What's that, Jeff? Peter Rabbit, starring uh, James Corden, the late-night talk show host, as the voice of Peter Rabbit. Yeah, James. starting to see James Corden a little too much lately. Think so? He's popping up in all sorts of movies, and I don't know. I mean, I know he's got that kind of likable, affable yeah. personality, but yeah. <laughs> so that's coming out. Uh, Peter Rabbit, long-time classic character of a talking rabbit and all of his furry friends as they eat in the garden yeah. next door. Somebody I know, I think it was my girlfriend, I'm not sure, it took their kids to see it and said it was great, so yeah. the kids loved it, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a great fun for yeah. the family. How can you go wrong with talking animals? What else is coming out? Uh, something not for the family, for the grown-ups only, the horror movie Winchester starring Helen Mirren. We talked about that. This is on Blu-ray and DVD, of course, it's already been out on uh, Digital HD. Yeah. And that's the one about the spooky haunted house based on the real-life story of the house that... 
they just kept on building and building and building. Yeah, if you look, just look it up. Uh, I think I can't remember what they call it now. Um, just the, look up Winchester House. You'll yeah, get to it. Yeah, when, and it's the strangest looking home uh, you've ever seen. It's in uh, California. I think it's just outside of. Yeah, it's in a mansion in San Jose, California. Now the movie itself got terrible reviews. Fourteen percent. Yikes. Yeah, uh, which is too bad because that I must be cool. Yeah, and it must be one of the lowest rated Helen Mirren movies ever because. Oh, uh, she is yeah. a name that is synonymous with quality. Yeah, I know. It was actually quite shocking. Jason Clark also starring in that movie too, and he usually only does yeah. good stuff. And then one more. Yeah, uh, Thor goes to war, <laughs> aka Twelve Strong, starring Chris Hemsworth as uh, the part of that uh, army brigade from they're from the U.S. Right? Yep. That uh, rode horses into war in the Middle East, yeah. in Afghanistan. Yeah, based on a true story, and uh, I think that got decent reviews as well. Look, mm-hmm. not bad, but yet another Chris Hemsworth film where he is not. Thor that did not hit all that hard. Speaking of Thor, he is one of the Avengers in the Infinity War. I've got a review next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles. That they never could. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes, and it's finally here! The film that Marvel has been building towards with the launch of its cinematic universe when Iron Man debuted back in 2008, Avengers Infinity War. is the big bad of the MCU. We first saw him at the end of Marvel's The Avengers in 2012. Since then, he's been looming in the background as he has aimed to collect the six Infinity Stones. What are the Infinity Stones, you ask? Well, they're these magical stones that hold all the power of the universe. Doesn't matter where they came from, they gave a history lesson in one of the movies. The stones are power, space, reality, soul, mind, and time. If Thanos gets them all, he can fulfill his goal of wiping out half of the population in the universe to, as he sees it, restore balance. So, almost all of the characters we've seen in the previous 18 movies are coming together to try to stop him. But that's going to be tough because he's not a nice guy. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. To feel so desperately that you're right. Yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. The first thing I will say about this film, which is getting good reviews, Rotten Tomatoes score in the mid 80s, you might recall the previous Marvel film, Black Panther. I said you don't have to have seen any previous Marvel movie to enjoy it. It's a self-contained story that just so happens to be part of a bigger picture. Avengers Infinity War, 
This is not for the casual moviegoer. This is the culmination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first of two big Avengers movies that will conclude the Thanos storyline they've been building for years, and wow, what a thrill this was for me. In 1991, Marvel released a six-issue miniseries called The Infinity Gauntlet. It told the story of Thanos and his quest to wipe out half the universe with the Infinity Stones. It is an incredible series, so to see the spirit of that story finally realized on the big screen was a big deal for me. This could have easily gone so wrong for Marvel, because when you think about it, it's kind of goofy, right? Big purple guy from space trying to collect six magic and colorful gems that he puts on a pretty glove that will let him control the universe? Sounds stupid. But Marvel has done such a masterful job over the last 10 years of setting up this story, and they've done it with such care. So when Marvel tells me these colorful stones are going to be bad news, I believe it. Let's start with a couple of potentially bad things with this film. It's long. It's two and a half hours. I know I complain about the length of films all the time, but even at two and a half hours, I didn't find this movie too long. I was gripped from end to end. Another potentially bad thing, it's almost relentless with its action. One common complaint I've been seeing is that it is simply exhausting. It's a big story, such a big story, with so many moving parts, it doesn't really have time to slow down. Too dark in 3D, at least it was in the screen that I visited. 3D movies tend to look better on the big premium screens like IMAX because they're brighter. I just went to a regular screen and the 3D glasses always darken the action a little bit. So there were a handful of scenes where I just simply couldn't tell what was going on. As for the good stuff, Marvel stuck the landing with Thanos. Unlike DC's failed Justice League, which had a thoroughly uninspiring CGI villain, Thanos works very well. He looks real, he's big, he's mean, yet complex, even sad and he is easily the most powerful enemy they've faced yet. As a result of that, this movie is fairly dark and bleak, but there is still a fair amount of fun to be had. Many great moments of levity, especially between characters who meet for the first time, like the Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. The action, the aforementioned action, which is pretty much relentless, looks spectacular. The story will continue slash conclude next year in the untitled Avengers sequel. Previously it was Avengers Infinity War Parts 1 and 2, then they changed it to Avengers Infinity War and removed the title for next year's. That movie next year will wrap up Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and effectively conclude the overarching story they've been telling through 19 movies. It is such an amazing achievement for Marvel to accomplish what they have, to tell this lengthy, continuing story and just have everything work so well together. Also, there is a scene at the end of the credits, but nothing during the credits. So if you gotta get up and run to the can, you have time. Initially, I was leaning towards four couch cushions, but as I think about this more, I just find myself liking the movie more and more, and I really want to go back and see it again. So I'm going to give it four and a half couch cushions out of five. Next up for Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp on July 6th, Captain Marvel on March 6th, 2019, and then on May 3rd, 2019, it all comes to a head in Avengers 4.
Up next, we'll tee up one of the most decorated shows on television as it gets ready to debut its second season. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Is this what freedom looks like? What will happen when I get out? There probably is no out. Gilead is within you. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Talking TV now. The Handmaid's Tale back for its second season. The Emmy and Golden Globe winning drama returned on Hulu last Wednesday stateside. And in Canada returns on Bravo Sunday evening. The Handmaid's Tale based on the famed book by Canadian author Margaret Atwood. Set in a dystopian future after a second American Civil War where the U.S. has fallen and become a totalitarian society known as Gilead. Where women who are still fertile become handmaids and are forced to have sex to hopefully bear children. You will love the Lord thy God with all your heart, or you will feel the pain of his judgment, for that is his love. Yeah, it's a horrible, awful place which hides behind religion, although many of the leaders don't seem to be as down with the rules as they are with wielding their power. The show has an amazing cast led by the incomparable Elizabeth Moss and co-starring Joseph Fiennes, Yvonne Strahovski, Samira Wiley, Alexis Bledel, and Anne Dowd. Season 1 was 10 episodes. You can catch up on Crave TV, I believe, if you missed it. Season 2 will be 13 episodes again this Sunday on Bravo. My name is June Osborne. I am free. Now, we are both late to season one. Frankly, uh, we may have skipped it, if not for the unrelenting encouragement of some of our colleagues. And all the uh, Emmys that it won. Yeah, that too. And, uh, you know, we're glad we got to it because it is a great show. For my money, it's probably the best drama left out there right now. Now that The Americans is wrapping up, The Leftovers is done, who knows when Fargo's coming back. I feel like The Handmaid's Tale is right up there with the greatest of all time going forward. Honestly, when the conversation concerns The Sopranos, The Wire, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, I think you got to toss Handmaid's into the mix now. I'm pumped for it, but like a lot of other people, I'm a little wary only because this show is such a hardcore bummer. A lot of it is not easy to watch. I mean, I love The Leftovers, and that was just plain misery porn if ever there was, so <laughs> I'm sort of used to it. I can deal with it, I guess, but uh, you know, I am, I'm, I'm glad that this season I get to watch one episode a week instead of binging them all in like four days that I did the first season. Yeah, that was a tough binge. Yeah. I tried. I think I watched Which two the- episodes in the first night and it was all I could handle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right at the beginning, yeah. I, I did a few more every night kind of thing because it sort of gets desensitized to it, which it shouldn't. Yeah. But yeah. That's a tough watch. Yeah, it is tremendous TV. It was on both of our top tens for 2017 for sure. It's just Mm -hmm. a beautiful show. And uh, one of the things that I am encouraged by for season two is that that beautiful, stunning uh, camera work continues. Their their costumes, the crimson robes that the handmaids just stick out so bright because everything's so bleak and desolate. They really kind of dulled the the color scheme, but the handmaids really jump out and... uh, I, yeah, I, there's really nothing bad I can say about that nope. show. Just I know, tremendous. yeah. It's, again, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be the best thing going this spring. Here's a show that has been gone for quite a while. Elementary. April 30th. Have you seen Sherlock? Far be it for me to think I know everything. Holmes. This man was not killed by God or by Zeus. This is a murder. Watson. What is that smell? Progress. The world's greatest detectives are back with all new cases. I'm the top 1% of the top 1%. Only one thing can take them down. I'm not well. 
Don't miss the season premiere of Elementary, CBS Monday, April 30th. And it's also on Global, starring, of course, Johnny Lee Miller as Sherlock Holmes, Lucy Liu as Dr. Watson. Yeah, it's it ended like a regular show last May or whatever. Yeah. And now it's coming back in April, which is weird for a CBS cop show. Yeah, it is strange. I think it's going to be a shortened season. And actually, I'm just going to double check if yeah, this is the final season. Uh, it's if it's not planned as the final season, just the fact that they're bringing it back in April means it's got to be the final season. Uh, oh, hang on a second. Elementary. So this this is an article that dates back to November 29th, and it says, uh, Season 6 expanded as CBS orders eight more episodes for 21 total. Yeah, so we were, there was, this show has been kind of a, a bubble show for a couple of years. We speculated hard that season five would be its final season, but now yeah. they've ordered more episodes of it. I guess huh. it's going to run through the summer, and uh, who knows? I guess we could keep seeing it, because that's the thing with these CBS crime dramas are always, even if they don't do great, they still yeah. do fairly reliably well. But then, And then they moved this thing to Friday night, didn't they? I think oh. they did that. I think that was, I think for one season they did that. And we're like, well, that's clearly a sign that it's the end. But then they do, these shows do well on Friday night because, uh, like, quote unquote, old people watch them and old people stay home or whatever. But I mean, most people stay home now, I think. I, I often stay home on <laughs> yeah, Fridays too. too, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we love elementary. Yeah. It's weird. Like, for since last fall, every two months or so, I, I just, I was like, when when is elementary coming back? And I'd have to look up. It was like, April. What is going on? You know, so yeah, who know, yeah. The future, I don't know, but it's a fun show. It's it's sort of the only every. I like to always have one police procedural type show I watch, and it's been Elementary the last few years. Yeah, and I do love the the interaction between Johnny Lee yeah. Miller and Lucy Liu. They're both great in the characters, and they've managed to successfully reinvent a lot of the things that we know about the Sherlock Holmes world. And Elementary came out right around the same time that Sherlock came out on the BBC with Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. So there was a lot of, I think, a lot of negativity hurled at CBS for, they're going, oh, they're just going to do this uh, crappy Hollywood version of right, it, right, right. and it's not going to be the same. Well, it's not the same. It's completely different, and that's why it's fun to enjoy, because yeah. it's just another interpretation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it is fun. And uh, the success for each season sort of, like, it's got a lot of the same stuff every week, but it always has these B-plots that sort of go arc throughout the season, and depending on how good those are sort of determines how good the season in general is, I think. Yeah. And hey, one of my top 10 favorite shows of the last two years is finally returning for its third season. It stars Sawyer from Lost and Sarah from Prison Break. Sawyer and Sarah. Whoa. It's called Colony. This isn't a colony. It's a death camp. You blew up the rap ship? Something like this happens, we all burn. I represent a resistance group based outside the colony. The real war is about to begin. Total rendition is coming. We're going to send the whole block to the factory. The show comes from executive producer Carlton Cuse of Lost fame. It hails from the USA Network and airs on Bravo here in Canada. Colony is set in a world where aliens have invaded. They have built these giant walls around cities and divided the population up into colonies. The show focuses on a family in Los Angeles struggling to adapt and survive to the new world order. 
And some humans are working with the aliens. Others have formed a resistance, and some are just trying to keep their head down and stay alive. It's described by some critics as the most relevant and timely show on TV about a dystopian, oppressive regime. The first season was not about the invasion at all. It was instead about the people just trying to survive, and it was excellent drama. And season two got even better as the drama improved, and they added more sci-fi elements, including showing us more of the aliens and some of how they arrived. Season three, it's still the same family, but this time they've moved the filming to Vancouver, so the setting looks to have changed as well. A lot more rural, a lot of stuff in forests instead of the urban setting of L.A. Here's a peek at season three. It's dangerous. There are drones everywhere. Who's in charge? You or dad? Maybe the fight here is over. It's not over. It's just moved on. Something big is going on. The Raps have enemies. There's something inside. Is that what they look like? They call the aliens the Raps, and it sounds like more aliens have arrived to fight that first wave of, of invaders, which at first sounds cool and good for the humans, but they are not friendly. So now the humans have to worry about two bands of angry aliens. Great! That's great. In 2016, Colony was ranked number seven in my top ten, and in 2017, it was number five. And I said it's finally back because the first two seasons debuted in January the last couple of years, so I've been waiting patiently for it to return. If you want to watch those seasons, by the way, you can find them on Netflix. Season 3 begins Thursday on Bravo. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Get the podcast on Google Play and iTunes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.